Hey family, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Open House Podcast. Whether this is your first time or you've been listening for a while, thank you for stopping by my house. Thank you for coming in. Please make sure that you're liking, you're subscribing, and you're even sharing and leaving a review. I'd love to hear what you have to say about what we're doing here. As you know, the open house, we have many rooms. One of those rooms is the room of diversity. Today, we're going to have a conversation about cultivating diverse worship cultures. I have my amazing friend, Naya Cotton, who's going to lend her voice to this conversation today. And I know you are in for some amazing treats and nuggets that she's going to share. Before we get into it, let me tell you a little bit about my friend, Naya. Naya was born into music, y'all. Her dad was an original singer with the Richard Smallwood family, and her mom is a professional drummer. Naya was destined to find music as a way to communicate. She's been singing since she was two years old and has never looked back. Naya has continued her journey in the arts at a very young age. She acts, she's a dancer, she's been in several plays, even plays with Debbie Allen, y'all. She really knows her stuff. <laughs> she graduated from Duke Ellington School of the Arts in Washington, D.C. as a dance major in 2000 and later graduated from the Hampton University with a B.A. in vocal performance in 2004. Y'all know we had to represent for Hampton University. <laughs> At Hampton University, Naya married her college sweetheart, my brother, Roy Cotton and in 2008 went on to lead worship at St. John's Church in South Lake, Texas. Now you've heard Naya's voice on so many albums that you probably didn't even know she was on. She sang background for Michael Dubell, Tasha Page Lockhart, Tamla Mann, Chance the Rapper, Lettucey, and was even featured on Kirk Franklin's song Over on his 2015 album from the Losing My Religion project. Naya has worked in travel with Kirk Franklin and For Your Soul family for several years as a reference artist, a background vocalist, and her voice has been featured on groundbreaking projects like the 20th Century Fox movie, Hidden Figures, and even Tori Kelly's gospel album, Hiding Place. Naya has even had the great privilege of leading worship for Bishop T.D. Jakes' Megafest Fire Code Conference. Woo, she is booked and busy. Ooh, man, such a lot going on. Naya released her anticipated EP, The Dance Side A, in 2017 and is currently working on a sophomore project album. Naya is the worship leader and creative director at Trinity Church in Cedar Hill, Texas, where she serves so very faithfully. Naya and her husband, Roy, are the proud parents of three amazing, hilarious children. I mean, hilarious, y'all. Rocco, Eric Stone, and Nyla Jade. Well, I hope you all are ready for this great conversation Naya and I had. This conversation, you're going to hear some things that may surprise you. You're going to be challenged. Most importantly, you're going to be encouraged. And you're going to gain insight on what it looks like to cultivate diverse worship music spaces. So get ready. Come on into the house, the open house. Let's go. Well, the doors of the house are open. Welcome, everyone, to the Open House Podcast. We're in for a real good treat today. I'm so glad y'all joined us. But before we get into what we're doing, make sure you subscribe uh, to this podcast. Make sure you like it and you share it. Tell somebody about what's going on here 
over here at the Open House Podcast. I'm your boy Chris House, and I've got my good friend, my sister, is joining me today, Naya Cotton. Naya, what what's up, happening? Everybody? Let's go. I'm what's excited. <laughs> thank you for happening? thank you to the pastor and the elders and deacons and saints <laughs> and for allowing me to oh, be God. here today. Here we I'm go. <laughs> you know, you got to do protocol. Of course, of course, lady, you have to. The apple every time. You have to acknowledge everybody. Everybody, board. Everybody, you know, church kids can't do nothing with us. <laughs> can't do nothing with Thank us. Thank you for having me. All right. Oh, for sure. I'm honored to do this for y'all. For y'all that don't know, Naya and I go. We we go back. Shoot, this is probably twenty years, if not. Yeah, about twenty some years. Wow. Uh, yeah, you're you old. I'm not. I am. <laughs> I am old. Two thousand. I got to him. We both went to Hampton University, and the, I the Hampton, Hampton University. Yeah. I got there in two thousand. Yeah, and I came out in O two. Good. Yep. Way back 02. in my and the God. Most in pictures. Yeah. Oh jeez. Oh, mm. Are we still vibrant? Oh, we still got life and energy and things uh, to say. Of, of of course, of yeah. course. We we just getting started for real. Yeah. We just getting started. All right, now, so before we jump in here, let the people know who you are. Tell them a little bit about you. So um, I'm originally from, I was born in Virginia, and I grew up in the DMV area, as we say, the oh, area, the area, Chocolate City, where everybody worked for the government and go to Curry Out and get chicken wings with salt, pepper, ketchup. <laughs> from D.C. Hilarious. There's a very distinct D.C. accent. Grew up in D.C. It is. Um, my parents moved around quite a bit because of work. So I've lived in DC, Maryland, Virginia, Detroit, Northern California, Southern California. And now I'm in Dallas, Texas, uh, with my husband of 13 years, Roy Cotton, which we're all good friends. Roy went to Hampton as well. Of course. Um, and we have three children, Rocco, Eric, and Nyla. They are nine, seven, and five, and we're done. We've made our contribution to the world. Okay. <laughs> are, okay. I know. I, I say that and gotta be like, one more or five more. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Y'all gonna help we me. We just talked about the power of your words before we got on. <laughs> right. I ain't saying nothing. I'm, I'm just saying, yes, Lord. That, that's all I'm gonna say. Because clearly, his plans are not mine at all. He don't never do it the way I need him to do it, ever. <laughs> Golly. Yeah, he has. I'm about to have girls, 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 and that's so it's so special. So yeah, we're we're loving it out here in Dallas. Um, I've been uh, worship leading. That's kind of like a one of the facets of what I I do, and so I'm here at Trinity Church in Cedar Hill, Texas. Um, And I don't know. It's a it's it's a very interesting time. I mean, I I don't want to. You know, go into what we're talking about, but it's mm-hmm. there's something happening. There's something exciting happening. It's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but I'm I'm excited to see how God just unfolds this story of um of our lives. So yeah, yeah. No, that's that's good that you live with that because of course we're getting into that today. Yeah, we are talking about uh, creating and maintaining diverse worship cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be, you know, within the local church context, but just in general, but, you know, because we're both worship leaders at a church, mm-hmm. 
you know, it probably come from the angle of the local work, the local church. So, um, yeah, you you definitely are right. We are in a very interesting time. Yes. Um, the winds of change are blowing and uh, it is making a lot of people uncomfortable. Uh, that's just how we are. Our humanity, when we start changing things up, people are not comfortable mm-hmm. being with change. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a lot of resistance, but I think it's for the betterment of us and the betterment of the church in in general. Yeah. So let's get into our conversation today, man. So, all right. So you serve at a church that is multi-racial, multi-ethnic, multi-generational. Yes. Um, so it's very diverse. I wanted to I made I wanted to be clear to make mention of that because most people when we think of diversity, people just automatically think white people and black people. They think ethnicity means diversity. Right. And it's not because you can have a church full of all black people that is diverse. Mm-hmm. You could have a church full of all white people that is diverse. Diverse in expression, diverse in um even theology, diverse in approaches, all of that stuff. So diversity does not just mean skin color. So I want to make sure we I led with that. So um, I guess what's the first thing we could talk about? So, all right. So your worship, I guess the, your, the team model, do you all have uh, just frontline singers and a choir or just a choir and frontline singers that help out? Like what does your dynamic look like? So I'll talk now. I feel like we have to talk pre-2020 and post-2020 because like, of course oh yeah pre-2020 <laughs> yes so um we had our choir we had um our frontline singers and we also had pilots so um there are people almost like section leaders in the choir who would have mics mm-hmm. as well so we would have about um six pilot singers so choir six pilot singers and our frontline singers and we rocked that for quite a while and then 2020 happened and we had nobody. Right. <laughs> so we had to rebuild. And um, even our frontline singers to where we would have six normally, we started to have one or two or three, no more than three for a while while we were taping. Um, and then as things started to open up, you know, we went back to our six, but our choir has not been back really still. Um, okay, so Naya, okay, yeah. so so before you go on, let the people know what the what is the size of, of Trinity? It's like so they'll see the dynamic of membership size. Yeah, so Trinity's a, a big church. We have about ten thousand right. members um, okay. here in Dallas. And so, you know, our sanctuary seats two thousand people and um it's a every Sunday it would be packed and we have two services on Sunday, nine and eleven, and every service it's it was packed. Okay. Okay. So, right. um, so we've dwindled a bit, <laughs> right. uh, but our, our, like I would say, our choir hasn't um, really been back in its fullness and it's been very tough for a lot of people. Um, you know, 2020 didn't just happen and we're back to normal. Like it really just shifted. We talked about essential workers and all of that. And so a lot of our leaders were like, well, What's essential? This is a good time to kind of revamp and see mm-hmm. what's necessary. And so for spacing purposes and comfortability purpose, purposes, we haven't had our choir, but we've also seen this um, influx in energy from our frontline singers. We're like in the era of like Maverick City and all of these people mm-hmm. where it's like you have your choir, but you have your you can rock it out with six people. 
So do we need it? Do we not need it? Is it effective? Now we're in this flow of presence where we don't want to break up you know, the flow of the service by having everybody sit down to listen to the choir perform a song. Like, how do we get it to all flow? So is it needed? And when I tell you we're still in the conversation, like, I think there's still um, a place for choir. There's nothing like hearing a choir. Um, Yeah, there's mass voices. Yep. Yeah, like 20, 30, there's nothing like it. But how does that work, you know, for today? So that's where that's where we are. That is interesting. So your choir. All right. So did you all post 2020? Uh, mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. did the choir serve every service a lot? So was it a big? Um, so the way I kind of think of this differently or approach it differently, like the worship team is everybody, but you have different components of it. So kind of bear with me with my terminology when I'm talking. Mm-hmm. So did you? It was just one big worship team and the choir was a part of that and the frontline singers all at the same time? Or was it just, you know, every first and third Sunday was the choir joined the frontline singers and stuff like that? Right. So for worship, the choir would be up there. Everybody okay. would be together. And then the worship team would leave and we would have a choir song every single week. Okay. So there was a specific choir moment. Yes. But the choir did serve with everybody. Okay. Yes. Sweet. So we had, okay. um, we had our worship set we had transition you know where we're, one of our ministers or our pastor will come up and just kind of you know feel what needs to happen in that moment after that we would have we kind of changed it we would either have a choir song right there um or the choir would leave and come back right before the sermon so they would be the sermonic you know selection right. got it every okay now single sunday Every Sunday. Okay, now what's what's the age demographic of the choir? So I would say the median age is probably 40, 45. Okay. So um, it's, there were a lot of our seasoned saints. It's not a senior yep. choir, but maybe from, you know, late 20s to 75, 80. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and when I, I just, just thinking about like, I miss it so much. Like it was, it was impactful. It was dynamic. Um, but with that, especially with our older people during COVID, it was like, they're like, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not coming. Yeah. So now it's changed to maybe the, the median age right now is like 30, 35, you know, early thirties. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So because of the age of the median age of the people in the choir, do you think that the music reflected that? We're talking about diversity of music. Mm-hmm. Like how diverse how diverse is the music presentation? So Trinity, yeah. So with our choir um, it did. We have we have an incredible incredible choir director, Brenda Thompson Haney. Shout out to her. She was really good at staying um, aware of what's current, um, but also um, leaning on the staples of the church. And so they would mm-hmm. do him even if a song didn't have you know if it wasn't a hymn, she would find a way because there's nothing new, right? So she did a really right. good job and does a really good job of staying current and relevant, but also. Um, doing those old songs. Um, for example, they did um, Anthony Brown's, what is that song? You thought I was worth saving? I can't remember okay. what the title okay. is. Worth? 
worth. So they would do that, and then they would tag on, um, makes me want to shout, hallelujah, glory, whatever, uh-huh. the, thank you, Jesus, you know. So finding ways, right. that's pretty much the the feel of what the choir would do every time they were up. That is That is good. Yes. And I think that speaks to how we as leaders in these spaces have to be aware of the people that we are serving and how we present a diverse um, musical presentation Mm -hmm. that, because like you said, nothing is new. Um, It's just a a old song with a new melody. Exactly. Um, You know what I mean? So being able to find those songs that relate to one another, even though they may come from different, even um, decades, Mm -hmm. how they, how they relate. I think that speaks to how you are able to keep uh, maintain a diverse worship culture because you have something for everyone and it forces everyone to, well, don't say force, but it encourages everyone to appreciate everyone's different preference and um, age, um, you know, demographic. It gets the younger generation learning <laughs> sometimes those hymns. And it also gets the older generation or the seasoned generation, as we like to call them, um, keep them current with what's with what the, new people are doing what the young folks are doing what the young, um, right. and, and yeah and and i think that that's that's so necessary and that's so needed because we as young people can draw from the the story and experience of the seasoned ones and the seasoned saints can even gain energy Come on. and new insight and new approaches from what we do yeah so all of it is necessary i mean talk about the gifts of the body how the eye is no better than the foot right. and no better than the hand. I think that relates here musically. We all need it all right. to, um, to, and it all points people to Jesus. So yeah. you may use a knife, I may use a bullet, but we're still effective in what we're doing. And we can't right. discount one or the other just because it's not our preference. So I think I'm that's sorry. amazing that, that, that you all are doing that. I wish, I know there are churches around the world that are, that are doing that, but I wish we as the Big C Church would kind of grasp that concept a little more and not resist it so much yeah. know the chi- type of church that we're serving the people that we're serving and make it palatable for everybody that's so sweet absolutely my, my husband Roy he we were talking about Maverick City who I love by the way but oh, yeah. he's like these songs ain't new he said Jaira we've been talking about Jaira for years he's been right. he's been our Jaira for years <laughs> right right like, right that ain't new but um, not at all. But I love, just find a new way to say it. It's a new way to say it, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Yep. So how? So how have you all kept? I know it's kind of difficult now, but how have you all kept the seasoned generation relevant? Not just musically in your church, but just overall. Absolutely. Like, what types of things do you all do? Let me tell you that there's a um, a ministry here at Trinity called TYA Trinity Young Adults. And these young people are on fire. Like currently right now, I'm in my church. They are across the way doing a life intensive. Um, It's like a three month, um, three day a week, three hours a day, life intensive that is transforming them every single day. But they meet every Monday. But um, the leader of that, the pastor of that, Pastor Laura, she has invited all of the season members of our church to come to these TYA meetings because it's not just for young adults, but she has kind of like this legacy, these legacy nights where they speak and they pour into the young people. And so we'll have, it's almost even with the number of young adults and the um, number of older people that come to these meetings. 
Um, cause she has stressed that it's like, we need you. I call them the builders, right? So you have the builders and then you kind of have like us dreamers. They, yeah. we're the, we're the generation where it's like, you know, I need to check with my heart and my mental, you know, stability and heart right. care. And does that serve me? And like my grandmother never talked about right. how she felt like, <laughs> right. forget how I feel, pay these bills. That's right. But we're learning, you know, from one another in that way. So I think honor is so important. It starts with honor and honoring the older generation for what they have built and giving us this foundation to stand on. And to, I mean, even from a practical level, like setting out something to honor whatever you call them in your church, like let them know how special they are and to thank them, but then to also charge them with the responsibility of discipling these younger people. So they do it in the services. Our pastor does it in our Sunday morning services. He'll come some, you know, he'll come up and bring an older person and a younger person. They'll lay hands. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So showing them how needed they are, appreciating them for what they've done, but also encouraging them, like grab somebody and, and teach them everything that you know. That's how we're keeping them engaged. That is so amazing. Is that's that's so special and that's so key. Just for all that you said, just the the honor piece is really good, and it teaches us all how to um, defer to one another and think about others before ourselves. Yes. That's 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 really cool. And of course, I know that because you all do that, even outside of music ministry, that when it comes to music ministry, it helps that marriage happen and be so. Um, effective a lot easier because what because you're you're doing team building off the platform Mm -hmm. per se so when you get on the platform it's not you know foreign it's like oh these are just you know people that we hang out with and they honor us as a seasoned generation and we honor them as the now generation and there's no i'm not saying there's no conflict but the the less the 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 chances of that being a major riff in your music ministry is slim to none right? because you do a good job of really honoring uh, the generations and making sure that the generations honor one another. Right. Uh, and that's, that's, that's really cool. Right. That, that's good. And even yeah. teaching, um, teaching the young adults too. So it's not <clears> just the older generation and the young adults, but the young adults, these babies and these children are watching you as well. So there's this right. perpetual, you know, pouring that's happening. Like we see the, the two and three and four and five year olds, they're, they're, watching with eyes wide open so like you don't have to wait until you get you know 80 and 90 years old you can be pouring right Mm -hmm. now as a 15 year old to that little girl who's watching you and she's dancing like just it's it it's it includes everybody i love it yeah that's such a great model that you all have there that's that's really cool Mm -hmm. so so far we've talked about um generational kind of age type diversity Mm -hmm. let's let's talk about ethnic diversity and what that kind of how you all do that, if you do that, what that looks like um, in your worship music ministries context. Do you all do things in uh, other languages or different styles of music? Like, how do you how do you maintain the ethnic diversity? Because, of course, Trinity is not a church that is monocultural. Right. You have more than one ethnicity, more than one color mm-hmm. of people there. So how do you all, you know, bridge that, manage that? 
type of atmosphere? Well, we like to keep the black people on one side and the white people. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Of course. No, just kind of segregate everybody. Just keep it, keep it simple. Uh, no, no, no. Um, I'm joking. I'm joking. She's joking, y'all. It's just a joke. Trust yeah. me, it's a joke. A joke. That'll be the one whole thing. Yeah, right. Um, the first, the first thing is I do believe that this is what God wants. I have mm-hmm. a huge appreciation for my own culture. Um, there is something super special and rich and powerful about black culture, African-American music, the history Mm -hmm. of it. I mean, not just the music, the food that like, so I love being who God created me to be. And I feel like everybody should feel that way. Um, But naturally, because of the storyline of our country, the storyline of just how all of this came to be, it comes with nuance and some, some conflict. But I do believe that God smiles when he sees us uh, trying to understand and to work together. Right. Nothing like it. So um, Trinity is multi-ethnic, multi-generational, multi-racial. I'm trying to dissect the multicultural word because Mm -hmm. I feel like um, there's a lot more to learn in that word. I know what people mean by it. So there are a lot of cultures that are represented here, but I would love to be a part of unpacking that to where you feel and experience all of the cultures all of the time from your set list to, you know, people speaking to different languages. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's turning a, we're doing our part to turn a big ship. Um, Of course. (laughs) So, a lot of times you do find yourself kind of assimilating. It's like we're going to sing the gospel song. We're going to sing the whatever song. But I feel like there's still a sound available to us that includes Mm -hmm. some sort of interconnectivity of all of the cultures. I don't know what that sounds like. Um, Right. So, yeah. I think we're all trying to find that out. Yeah. So, yeah, we do different songs we do gospel songs we do you know what people call gospel what people call ccm we Mm -hmm. do try to implement different styles in worship um but it's a slow process yeah yeah it is so speaking to the multicultural piece uh you and I, we we both have had previous conversations about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I definitely know the direction that you're going with that. Uh, there is a way for you to be in, to have multicolored uh, atmosphere, mm-hmm. say it that way, but it still be a monocultural place. Yeah. Like you talked about assimilation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have many different colors, but if only one culture is still the dominant source of standard then it's not multicultural it's still monocultural and what i think that the church we need to do a better job at is being intentional about creating and embracing monocultural spaces but that only happens when you have monocultural representation Mm -hmm. at the leadership level Mm -hmm. because now you have different cultures that bring their their culture to the table 
to be a part of the gumbo of cultures, which creates the multicultural. Right. But if you only have one specific culture making all of the, all of the decisions, then that's the culture that's going to be dominant in that space. That's and right. so I think that's a part of the misconception that we as the church, the American church, has with what multicultural church looks like um, because we don't have all of those components there. We have a lot of colors, but it's one dominant culture. Mm -hmm. And also, um, this is the last piece, I think what also will help us with that is realizing that um, one culture isn't the way. It isn't the standard of what is right, what is acceptable, what is the, you know, what is the standard? Everyone should be reaching, should be aiming to achieve this right. because this is what it is. Right. Um, it's so interesting that we talk about how America is presented to be um, the land of the free and the home of the brave. And um, we've even <laughs> had America be referred to as a melting pot mm -hmm. uh, where other ethnicities and cultures can come. Mm -hmm. But when they get here, do we really embrace and value their culture or do we make them assimilate and conform to the American culture? Yeah. What is American culture? Mm -hmm. What is it? And I don't know if the church is ready to have that conversation <laughs> with what is what is American culture? Is it white European from England? Mm -hmm. Is it? you know, Christopher Columbus from Spain. Like, what is it? Mm -hmm. What? So it's hard for us to, what we know it to be, what it's been made to be, the narrative has been, yes, it is white, that is dominant white European. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily, that's not the, the, the truth. Right. That might be the fact, but that's not the truth. Right. So I think when we, as a church, dissect that and talk about that, I think that will help us in our worship ministries to understand how to appreciate uh, multiple cultures. Mm -hmm. I say all the time when diversity is celebrated, unity is established yep. and harmony is achieved. But we have to celebrate the diversity and not just tolerate it. Right. And you tolerate you tolerate it in a mono when it, when there's a monocultural um, culture that's being dominant. Yep. Um, and I know I've taking a long time to answer and to explain that. But I but I think that's key for us to really get an understanding of what that is so that our music presentations can really be diverse right. and not just this is the time when y'all do y'all stuff right. and this is the time when we gonna do our stuff and then this is the time when they gonna do their stuff. Right. Like, what about us doing all of yes. it? Like, what about the white people singing the gospel song? Yeah. What about the black people learning how to sing Spanish, Spanish. and singing the Spanish song? Yes. Like, not let the Spanish people lead the Spanish stuff. Yes. And let the black people lead the gospel stuff. That's how we continue this division and this divide of us and them and they. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. And I, I think that's so great, too. And it comes with, um, like you said, leadership is a huge part in that. Because I feel like that's what a lot of the people want. Like, we want it. We We just don't know how to... We just don't know how to do it, or a lot of people don't feel like they have the permission to do it, or the or the go ahead. Um, but I feel like it's going to take it's going to take the allowance or the okay or whatever you want to call it from the majority to be like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Not just throwing you a bone. Let's share power yes. here. <laughs> like that's the yes. only. Even in Black history, 
a lot of these barriers that have been broken have been because white people have allowed it to happen, you know? So <laughs> it's hard to hear. Yeah, It's it hard is. to hear. Yep. And it just means a lot more. Like we can, I'm only talking from my perspective. I know everybody has some sort of, um, there's injustice on a lot of different levels, but just from my perspective, yes. we can scream and we can do all the things, but it's something different when, you know, a white person says, no, that's, that is unfair, <laughs> you know, right. like, oh, right. it's just, it's just the reality of it. But so it comes from leadership and it comes from a relationship too. And so not just the music, but just talking to people on your team, like, tell me about you. Like we, when we right. sing, we bring, it's not just me bringing my voice. I'm bringing my experience, my traumas, my pains, my loves, my triumphs, my swag, my uncertainty yep. my feet like I'm bringing the whole thing but all we get to experience is the music and so having conversations to where rehearsal is just like you know what tonight for the first part of the night or the whole night we just gonna talk like we have Brazilian people and wow. all kinds of people and we'll see them do their thing so I have a friend Daniel who's Brazilian he was like in Brazilian culture like how I worship that's it everybody to the front I'm on my face every Sunday and for you know, a lot of the time people are like, what in the world is Daniel? He's like, no, that's, yeah. that's just how we get down, you know? So having yes. those conversations about who we are and where we come from. And I had my um, one of my pastors say the scripture that says, like, no greater love than this than for a man to lay down his life for a friend, but to lay down your preference for a friend. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that you'll like it, but it's like, I love you and I love to watch you worship. So let me get, I'm going to get in there too. I'm going to... Even as crazy as I look, and even if I am a white right. woman trying to sing gospel, and that's not where I came from, I just want to be a part yes. of of this full expression of worship. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that speaks to, just like you said, our love and care for one another. One another. That I'm willing, I'm willing to look uncomfortable and be uncomfortable so that you can... Uh, receive value and feel valued in this space. Yeah. I'm willing to lay down my preference so that you can be exalted and glorified yeah. and seen. You know, I'm I'm willing to share my light yeah. so that people can see you. And it doesn't take anything away from Ooh. my light. I'm just help. I'm just sharing it with right. you because because I want to celebrate you, what you have, right. and I want to know about your different experience and what you bring right and how and how you are yeah and, sure. and i end up learning more about myself you know exactly. i went to i went to japan once and i went to um this udon noodle spot and everybody is slurping i'm like y'all are the rudest right right yes. like, I know exactly. yeah good lord like everybody did. <laughs> it's like they're yeah. so rude but not until somebody who spoke my language you know, it was like, no, this is what's happened. Like, that's how they show appreciation. Like, it's really good. And I'm like, oh, so now it's like, okay, I'm, I'm in there too. Just slurping too. Um, right. <laughs> so, but you don't know. You don't, it's like, yeah. you don't know. It's easy to judge until somebody can translate and say, no, this is what, this is what it is. I'm not out here trying to be extra in Brazilian culture. This is what it is. So when you like, I'm a, we all going to do it. You know, yeah. I end up learning more about myself and things and stretching my own boundaries. Exactly. And I th that's so it's such an unfortunate thing that people here in our society think that different is means ignorant. 
or that it's less than just because it's different doesn't mean that it's ignorant. I mean, you went over there in Japan and was like, these people are so rude. But then you but you learn, no, that's actually part of their culture. So what we would think is ignorant and uncouth and no manners is actually a thing of honor for them. So it's like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It's just how how we in our American way, we can look through life through the American lens and discrediting the beauty of diversity that God has created in the different cultures that he's created. And I'm a firm believer that it doesn't look like it now, but I'm a firm believer that the church should be and eventually will be the model of what diversity in the world should look like. We have to. Right now, right now, right now, the world is showing us up. <laughs> Unfortunately, right now, they're kicking our tails. <laughs> I mean, they showing us our tail every day. Okay, uh, but I think that we have to lead with that because not only do we have just the humanity, the human experience, but we have the scripture. We have the spirit that backs that up. Yeah. So we're able to go into that with multiple approaches. But we as a, as the church have to begin to embrace diversity and not demonize everything different as being ignorant yeah. and being unlearned just because you don't know it. Don't mean that it's not true. Don't mean it is not true. <laughs> is that like, that's not what that means. No, it's just different. And you just haven't been exposed. Yeah, you just haven't been exposed. All right, so talking about exposure, how do you all do, or even you <laughs> personally in a personal ministry with you know at your church, how do you expose your team and your church to diverse music and expression? You talked about the Brazilian brother at your church. Mm-hmm. Like, what things do you all do or try to do to ex- intentionally expose people to different forms of expression yeah i think you know a lot of it is just texting back and forth like we get so many just check this out check this out listen to this this a lot of it is that um and i you know i have to be honest a a lot of times they're bringing me stuff like have you heard this and have you heard so i'm like i haven't had to do a whole lot of exposing mm-hmm. because of the culture that we're in and because you know it's changing and you have your I don't know from your Maverick City to Faith City church mm-hmm. and oh yeah the, the young people are out here on social media and on so they're getting exposed anyway um yeah so personally within our team I don't think that that's a huge issue um mm-hmm. we feel more of a resistance when it comes to exposing our church to these different things. So, right. you know, in baby steps, we put the we put the aspirin in yeah. the sauce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. It might be with you know one instrument at a time, or it's, we have a song that we like, but let's figure out a way to make it more rhythmic and a little bit more drum heavy. Like it's it's going to yeah. be um, baby yeah. steps. Or if there's a piece of the song that f- sounds like it has maybe kind of like a Latin feel, let's lean into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and make sure everybody is on board. Like, don't we can't look like this is strange. You know, it has to right. be all hands on deck. Our pastor, when they see him worship, it kind of gives the church the okay to be like permission to yeah, uh-huh. like. Okay, well, maybe this is something we. So it's a lot of different. I don't want to say tactics. A lot of different ways um, that we that we that we introduce newness. I. There was one Sunday, our worst, our um, choir director, Miss Brenda, like I talked about earlier, she was like, you know, I want to do He Turned It this Sunday. And I was like, 
<laughs> okay, so okay, so all right, so pause here. So for the listeners, if you don't know, he turned it. He turned it is by our friend and brother Ty Trivet, and it's very, uh, it's very, it's a lot. <laughs> It's, it's 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 very Pentecostal and charismatic. Yes. Um, praise break quotation marks. Yes. Uh, shout shouting music shout as we call it. it. It's 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 very like that. So think of that. Think yes. of the highest moment in Pentecostal church when it's totally bananas. People running it, all of that. Yeah. That's what he. That's how he turned that's it. Is. Okay. All right. Go for that's it. That's what he turned it. Okay. Is. And this was maybe four years ago, four or five years uh-huh. ago when she asked. So we weren't even. I didn't think as a church we were the church was ready to get we that. Were ready to do that. But at that point I had only been here for a little bit. I ain't, you know, nobody. I ain't trying to run the boat. I can right. always be like, well, Miss Brenda said she wanted to do it. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> right. Right. Pass the book. But um gosh, who can't relate to the words of the song? Like there was some times in my yeah. life when I thought I would never make it. You know, the devil thought he had me. He, I thought my life was over, but that's when something greater, like the words, that's why lyrics are so important. Uh, that's good. And the way that the song is set up, it takes you on a journey. So it didn't mm-hmm. just start out with like, dun, 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 like that would have just, right. it takes you right. on a journey. And I had to give her props. Like I trusted her judgment. And when I tell you, I feel like we did it four Sundays in a row. <laughs> to the crazy. point to where then it was like within my own experience just total transparency right. I don't right. want to be the yeah. I got like five different <laughs> words that... uh-huh. I don't want to be the token <laughs> black girl up here just yes. entertaining people right. because they love but I appreciated her her step out you know to just be like yeah let's just let's just try it let's just do it um of course, we have our, you know, in when we when we shout, we kind of have like a little. You had your people who were, I call it the family feud, clap, you right. know, everybody clapping so, on the one. So three. in this, so in this style, right there it is. In this style of music that we're talking about, you have to clap on two and four. So you got one, two, three, or four. Two and four is where the the hits are. Yeah, so one, you want to be on two and four. Three, you, four you, right. One, two, three. But my uh, my wonderful Caucasian brothers. You, and sisters were one, that one and three, three is where they live. Yeah. <laughs> that one and three. It didn't matter. It's like I just love that you're clapping. I love that you're enjoying right. this, and it did something that everybody is engaged. It did something yeah. for me that Sunday. Um, I think I even after the first time I after the first time we did it got home and just cried like that's I felt a part you know and right. not just a part but appreciated and celebrated it did something you know yeah. so yeah it it does it does and that just speaks to what we were talking about earlier when someone in the majority culture looks at what you're doing that's different mm-hmm. in a minority culture and finds not not that we're looking to find validation from them yes. but the fact that they recognize that hey like I want to learn about this and they make the intentional effort to do it and not as a tokenism, but actually as no, I actually like this. Like I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to use you as a token. Yeah. I'm not not trying to do to do get brownie points because I did. I'm the white person that did the gospel song. Look at me. Um, no, but it's really a celebration of yeah. the diversity. That's what I'm talking about. The difference between celebrating and tolerating it. That's amazing that you are, that you have that. And that's, I can relate to that. I can, I have mm-hmm. so many stories that that I can 
talk that things like that have happened to me even at my church here. All right. So we got a few minutes left. So since we're going down this road, diversity and expression, um, you brought up, you know, Maverick City and the different expressions and what Maverick City and even, you know, that world is doing with music and at, at, in, in its totality. Sorry. Um, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Well, the ele- it's, it's not even in a room. I don't think it's probably in the, the, the whole building. The elephant is it's out. probably in the. <laughs> it's it's in the building. Yeah. It ain't just in the room no more. It's in the building. We're the, we're <laughs> the because, room in the elephant. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this whole uh I don't even want to call it war because I don't want to start the conversation negatively, but the tension, mm-hmm. the uh of having of of gospel music and CCM, Christian contemporary music, how um how that is within your church context. Like what is that like? How do you handle it? How do you deal with that? We kind of talked a little bit about it mm-hmm. in the in the examples that you gave, but do you have a lot of, is there tension in your church with that? Do you have people wanting to do more gospel or more people on the CCM side not wanting to do as much gospel and wanting to do strictly CCM? How, do, how does that, how does that work? Yeah, I think it's pre- like people have their preferences. There is, I, I always, you know, struggle with, the titles of genres, I know that yeah. there is gospel music. So I'm like, I grew up on gospel music. I know that there's mm-hmm. CCM, but just, you know, I think it, words are important. Again, like the gospel is the good news. It's all good news. You know, like right. it's all we, we consider ourselves a part of the Christian faith. You know, contemporary means new. Like it's n- so I know that there are those genres. They've always kind of, you know, rubbed me the wrong way um right but they're here mm-hmm. here it is from from my perspective i guess it depends on who you ask yeah because from my perspective it's like we do a lot of ccm a lot right. and that's just the culture the trend the fat whatever it is here um but to somebody else we have um volunteers who come and serve on our teams from um, all kinds of schools, SAGU or Christ for the Nations. And they're like, y'all do a lot of gospel there. And I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> you right. know, I don't right. know if I can play that. Y'all do a lot of gospel. And I'm like, no. It, so it depends on who you ask. Um, but I guess amongst our team, there is always that push, right, to get to that new sound. How do we do that? What's the What's the balance? What's the new sound that we haven't even tapped into yet? Um, right now, to me, it does feel like if we do a gospel song, it's it's kind of a departure. We're going to depart from what we're normally doing to mm-hmm. introduce this new thing. Um, so it is still very separate right now. And to me, not yeah. very you know, equal because the majority right. of our church, and, and not because they don't want it, just because that's what the culture and the trend and the what's been fed this entire time. So it just takes people, us really, to not be afraid. Um, but we've been very slow in our progression of trying to So yes, there is a, what I say, tension? There's, there's still a separation, I'll say. All right, okay. Have you, have you found that it's easier for the gospel preferenced people to embrace learning the different approach and style of CCM? For sure. 
Okay. So it's easier for so okay, so to put this plainly, it's been in our experience mm-hmm. that gospel people are easier to adapt and to learn CCM versus CCM learning and adapting the gospel. Mm-hmm. Now, in your experience, here's where it's going to get a little deeper. In your experience, do you think that is because strictly it's um do you think that is strictly a racial cultural thing or is it a musicality issue it's definitely a cultural thing as you were talking i was like okay i just feel like from again from my experience which i think is just important to say like it just leaves room for growth but um african-american people have had to be adaptable right yeah that's a good way to put it I would say in my conversations with people more adaptable than a lot of um, the majority of culture because we don't have the luxury of being unaware. My mama would always tell me growing up, like, know, be aware of your surroundings, where you are, who you're with, which should be anybody. Like, But because of the construct of our country, it hasn't always been fair for black people. And so you can't afford to just not be aware or feel like you're just like everybody else and you're going to be treated like everybody else. So um, aware, adaptable in certain spaces, I do still find myself, um, you know, manipulating parts and pieces of who I am just based on where I am. Do I want to have to do that? No, it's still, I'm still a work in progress of wanting to just authentically be who I am all the time and I'm growing. So I'm not saying that I have to be, you know, who I was, but I still, you know, when I'm answering the phone, I'll (laughs) lighten up my voice a little bit if I'm representing a particular group of people, because you just don't know how you'll be received. And so as it is in music, we, we love it. We adapt. And because we know what it feels like to be ostracized. So it's like, I don't want anybody to feel that. So yeah, you can, you can come on. That's my grandmother. Come on in here and get you something to eat. No, I don't know your friend, but I know you. So yeah, if it's good for her, it's good for you. Like we're just, that's just our culture, but it's harder. I've experienced for a lot of um, our white um, brothers and sisters to Accept it as easy as right. easily, yeah. or to you and know, that just not nah, that's good. That just speaks to what we've been talking about. Just how when you are the majority culture, you don't you aren't forced to learn about the minority. The minority is always forced to learn mm-hmm. about the majority, but the majority gets to use its privilege to learn or to choose not to learn and to make everyone else adapt. Yeah. And I think I bring that up because I think it's important for our listeners to understand that those of us who serve in multi ethnic spaces in ministry especially music ministry have to they need to understand that what we do is more than just music there's another component to what we do not only are we doing music things um but we are in warfare most times fighting against principalities of supremacy um and having to so much um like you said um lay down sometimes ourselves and adapt so that others are made to feel comfortable while we're still making steps and using our voice as voices of resistance. But at the same time, mm-hmm. having to kind of lay down some of our own preferences to keep the ship moving a little bit. And I don't under, I don't think people understand 
the cost of that um, so that some people look at us and will look at what we do as a form of selling out or we've lost ourselves. But no, not actually. Actually, what we're doing is we are bringing our culture to a space that would normally be resistant of us. And we actually have and are in the position to put our culture on the front line to make it be seen mm-hmm. and um, and use it for people to kind of check their hearts to see what their heart um, posture is towards that um, but there is a tension and just I mean my question was you know was it easier for CCM to adapt or gospel to adapt and I think that's it's the truth even in my experience as well um, a lot of my white brothers and sisters are a little more resistant than gospel but what I've learned to do is um, approach it in a different way I've learned to show them especially musicians a lot of your jazz and blues stuff that you listen to, that you love, those artists, a lot of that stuff is gospel influence. So you actually know gospel, but you mm-hmm. don't. And then get, having them understand mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, I mean, just we can simply I mean, we can use country music. Some of our favorite mm-hmm. country music artists that sing with all this rich, deep harmony, they got that from gospel music. <laughs> so you actually know sure. it, but you just haven't equated it to that. Um, so it's not foreign. It's just yeah. you've been taught and conditioned to only think of it having to be this way. Um, so there is a you know a bit of attention, mm-hmm. attention between those two and navigating those spaces is difficult at times for us. Um, but, yeah, like you said, yeah. bringing your full self, but understanding that sometimes you have to lay down a little bit of your preference to further the movement. So, yeah, uh, just. I just just commend you for being able to do that and still stay sane and still keep keep your heart in the right place and still honor God and <laughs> still point people to Jesus. Yeah, and I was going to say too because I've I've heard that before. You know, why are y'all trying to get all of these? And I'm glad you mentioned it earlier. Not wanting validation, I don't need the validation. But there is a hope. Like I, there's a picture. We can't see it in its entirety, but like. There's a hope they were pushing for, um, and a lot of it yes. is off of the stage. And so you have your people like, "Why are you over there? Mm-hmm. That white church? They yep. don't care nothing about us, or they don't care." I've heard all of it. So you know, to those people, it's like I understand it, um, and also know that I'm I'm one of the ones. We're one of the ones who are having the hard behind the scenes conversation. So it's not just like being up there and singing the songs and doing the dance, like. I'm asking, like, what about people right. of color in this position? And what about what's being done in this avenue? And, you know, why don't I see, like, I'm, we're having those conversations. Y'all know Chris House yeah. is having those conversations. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, you ought to know. Yeah, people need to know we are not up yeah. there just shucking and driving. Like, mm-hmm. we, are, we are not. We are, we are not. We are taking mm-hmm. a lot of these hits. Behind yeah. these closed doors, saying stuff out of my mouth and be like, um, oh God, did I just say that? Well, I meant it. Well, I'm not here now, and I didn't say it, and I meant it, so I let's deal with it. I'll add more to it. Um, yeah, but I would love to, I would love to see uh, Carrie Job do some James Hall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> love Carrie Job. Also yes. love James Hall, but yes. just love to see a mashup. Right. Wouldn't yeah. that be crazy, though? <laughs> That's funny. I'm just saying we don't we do a lot of CCM songs. We see the beauty and they're beautiful. Yes, agree. Gosh, like it's beautiful. But I gospel music is beautiful as well. That's I would, right. I would love to see 
I would love to see it appreciated on all levels. Yeah, mm-hmm. we would love to see it, right? I I'm mean, write that down as a, as a right. As do a it. Plan. Do it. Well, yeah, gospel music. It you, we do want to see it on yeah. all levels. Yep. Yeah. That is true. It's good. Yeah. Well, Naya, our time is gone. Like you know, y'all know my 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 dad was a preacher and my mom still passed the church and you know how they say i'm out of time but i'm not out of message <laughs> so our time our time has come to an end but i mean thank you so much for what you've brought to our listeners today and just all that you are continuing to do not just at your church but even your personal your personal ministry um just appreciate your voice thank and what you. you do who you are outside of being a worship leader just as a mom and a wife and all of the things that you are, man, just thank you so much for your voice. Thank you. So and I just much. pray that you are, yeah, just, I, I pray that you are continually uh, covered and, um, you know, feel appreciated and just know that people are, you know, behind you, holding your arms up, supporting you, pushing you from behind, leading you in the front, all of that stuff. I appreciate you so much. Right. Thank I you. feel the same way about you. Listen, we're going to send up an extra prayer for my brother's I mean, house. I mean, lay it all on the altar. Talk about the majority, the women who, who run the world, girls, girls, girls. girls. Right. But I uh, it takes. Pray for my takes, mind. Pray for them pockets. Pray for <laughs> space. Three, we- three weddings. You got to pay for. I'm just saying. Mm-mm. But we're gonna start a GoFundMe, so it's gonna be fine. It's fine. Please start building it now. <laughs> It'll be fine. Build it now. I feel, I feel the same way, Roy, and I feel the same way every time. I feel like I said this on the last one, maybe, but every time I see um, your post or what you're doing, like it just challenges all of us. Because even in our experience, it's not that we, I st- we're still, we're all still learning. All still we're all learning. Having to go back. I feel like everybody's going back to learn about history and where yes. we, because we haven't really had to, you know. So, well, why did that? Where did that come from, and why is that? And so, you're an educator, you're a teacher, you've always been. But um, that was your major, wasn't it? I music was, education. Yep, music ed. Yep. Yeah, but you're teaching. It, you're teaching us, and so, and we're listening. So I, I feel the same way about you and my sister Shanika. I just pray yeah. for provision and for open doors and for peace and for rest. Because um, we're trying to go to the long distance, so yeah, yeah pray that forever. Yes, for sure, man. This was such a good conversation. This was this great. Is real good. Two Hampton friends. Let's go talking. Like who? Let's who would have ever thought we would be here? Who would have thunk it? We'd be zooming and talking about this okay. stuff. My God. But I'm great. I feel like we're part of some of. Uh, a good fight though yeah for sure oh for sure like millennials need so we need something to right you're a millennial right i am I, okay I, yeah. I am i'm at the tail end of it yeah i, I, I just like made it in you just <laughs> made the cut we need something to fight for and so this is this is a good fight so i'm grateful we could do it together yes thank y'all man hope you all enjoyed my sister naya today please like we said like share and subscribe And you all know here at the open house, what happens in this house does not have to stay in this house. So please tell somebody about it. Share. Tell them to come on in. We'll see you next time at the open house. See you later.